Hi, I'm Katrina Ingram. Welcome to Back to School Again, the show for midlife learners recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio. We talk with midlife learners about their educational journey, sharing their stories about how they are balancing the demands of school, work, and family, and where they hope their educational pursuits will take them. My guest today is Jessica Kelly. She's on a multi-year path towards becoming a journeyman electrician. She's a self-described adventure seeker, and that is evident in the other jobs that she's pursued in the past. It's a long and diverse list. Let me give you the rundown. Waitress, video store owner and manager, SunQuest destination rep based in the Dominican Republic, front desk at a BC wilderness resort, Royal Service and Gold Floor Attendant at the Chateau Lake Louise, Scuba Diving Instructor, Teacher for Children with Severe Disabilities, Hyperbaric Chamber Technician, Sales Consultant in the Medical Equipment Industry, Customer Service Rep for a Trucking Company, Move Logistics Coordinator, Accounts Payable Clerk, and payroll and HR administrator. (laughs) Naturally, she needed to add electrician to her list. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Okay, we're going to start with this diverse list of jobs. This is like two lifetimes worth of careers, and you're only 38 years old. So what was it that compelled you to take on so many different types of roles? And how did you even manage to fit it all in? (laughs) <laughs> I was married uh, to a crazy person that liked to move a lot. <laughs> so we, we tended to be on the move quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like the adventure, like, uh, like you said, I, I am, an, uh, I, I, al- I tend to always seek adventure and I like diversity. I like to keep it fun. And I think that's why I ended up moving so many times and trying so many things right. and, you know, just... There's so much to experience, so much to learn. <laughs> Tell me a bit about the moving, because I've got, I've got the fact that you were in the Dominican Republic, you've been in BC, and you've been at Chateau Lake Louise. Where else have you been? Uh, well, uh, I've been to Cayman Islands. Um, I did an internship for a scuba diving instructorship in Cayman Islands, ah. so I spent a good three months over there, which was really nice. Beautiful dives. I lived in Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, that's where I used to teach scuba diving. Uh, I've been all over Canada, all over the States. I've actually, like, when I worked in Mexico, I, I didn't take a plane. I decided to just pack up the car and drive. Wow. So You yeah. drove to Mexico from to, Canada. Yeah, to Cozumel, which is really on the border of, like, Guatemala. So I did the whole Mexico thing. How long did that take <laughs> you to get there? Uh, it took a, probably a week and a half. Wow. Easy. And I had a dog with us. Like, oh, my. So, yeah, two adults, a dog, and go. <laughs> I just, I'm getting the visual here of you crossing crossing the borders over to, to Mexico with your dog and your life packed up in, in your vehicle. Yeah. Um, but I have to ask you, Jessica, you know, the trades, it's a big departure from your past. And I don't need any convincing that you aren't too concerned about trying new things. I think that's pretty obvious from the list of jobs that you've taken on. But why the trades? And specifically, why an electrician? You know what? Um, all that traveling is really expensive. <laughs> so I got somewhere in my 30s and realized that my bank account <laughs> was kind of suffering. And um, I've always enjoyed problem solving. Um, and I 
when I was looking through trades, because I figured, you know what? I moved here with the idea. Of, I thought I was going to be going to school to become a nurse. Really? <laughs> yes. And then I basically analyzed the amount of time it was going to take me and the cost involved. And I heard an ad on the radio or TV about women building future. And I looked into that and all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, the amount of grants that you can get when you're going into trades, uh, the amount of help available and the salaries, it was very attractive. And uh, so, yeah, I, I looked at all the programs they had offered. Like I, I really studied all the different trades to figure out what would be best suited for my personality and my brain, really. Mm -hmm. So and electrical was the one that seemed the best suited for me. Yeah, That's very interesting. Let's talk more about women building futures. Perhaps you can start by explaining what it is. And then tell us more about um, how it helped you to select becoming an electrician. Well, uh, Women Building Future is an organization It's a, that offers pre-apprenticeship to women throughout Alberta, really. Uh, they have now more than one campus. They have one in Fort McMurray, one here in Edmonton. Uh, you might have heard the advertising on the radio. Like, they have a very catchy slogan, you've got this. And, uh, yeah. Um, all the, like, well, basically, you know what? Before I even heard about the school, I never even considered going into the trades. The way it works in Alberta to get into a trades, you have to get an employer to take you on. And... You know, so they have to uh, get you a blue book uh, and then you can go to school afterwards. And I, I saw this as a huge obstacle, really, like trying to get hired by an employer as a woman with no experience. I barely ever handled it like a hand drill before <laughs> I went to Women Building Future. I had no experience at all with hand tools. <laughs> So <laughs> I wasn't really like, you know, I did scuba diving and yes, I, I did like, you know, wrenches and air blending and that kind of thing. But it was so far away from. So you weren't some kind of a DIY weekend warrior who just decided to make it professional. No, I have to, like, <laughs> I have to admit I was not. <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, you were brave. I have to say that. My family thought I was completely out of my mind. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they told me that they were like, oh, my God, you're in HR and you're just leaving everything to go into electrical. What? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you old? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, and I, I found that part of your story really fascinating. And maybe we could talk a bit more about that, because I know when I decided to go back to school, it was part of this process where I was on this career path and I was heading down this career and it was I was going really fast down this path. And then I had this realization that that direction wasn't the right fit anymore. And I think you had a similar experience. Yes, you could say I did, mm -hmm. uh, which is really why I ended up considering the trades. Um, you know, I was climbing the ladder really quickly in this company and I was getting promoted. I was about to have my own department and, you know, talking about like raises and but I was so deeply unhappy, so mm -hmm. stressed out. Uh, I worked very long hours, like lots of overtime and all these deadlines and like, I don't know. I got, you know, a personal assistant to assist me with my work because they didn't want me to leave. <laughs> and one day I just woke up and I was like, I had it. 
I'm, I'm just, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I had like a total breakdown. I took a few months to just really take care of myself. And that's basically how I ended up like looking into WBF and deciding to go into the trades. I wanted to do something that wouldn't be so mentally taxing on a daily basis. Something that, you know, at the end of the day, I could look at it and say like, oh my God, I did this, you know? Um, and that's the nice thing about electrical. Nobody can ask me to take any work home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, and it, it really is a departure from, from everything else that you were doing. I want to better understand because I know that you um, you have attended Nate, you are attending Nate right now. Tell me about that transition. How did you go from Women Building Futures to Nate? What did that look like? Uh, well, basically, Women Building Future uh, really uh, assisted me in finding an employer. Uh, when I graduated, within five days, I actually had five job offers, some through them, some through my own researches. Um, and yeah, so I basically started working uh, with a commercial company. Um, and you know what? I actually had a bit of bad luck. I dislocated my knee, not at work. <laughs> yeah. And I had to take a two year hiatus and I got surgery and I got back to it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually managed to get back into electrical through um, one of the girls I met at Women Building Future. She's the one that actually convinced the owner of the company I'm working at to actually give me a try. And so there I was. I worked my 1500 hours and went to school, basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's uh, eight weeks. Basically, you do eight weeks every 1500 hours or every year. Um, I kind of really went through that eight weeks and five weeks and yeah. So you did a lot of overtime in order to compress it into five, is that, or just worked more? You know what? I think, um, I, I did, you know, I did have some college courses in physics and maths and, you know, along okay. the ways I, I did take some some studies online and stuff like that. So when I got to Nate for my first year, I actually thought it was fairly easy. Mm. Like I like physics and I like math. So to me, it wasn't a huge challenge. And again, doing the, the pre-apprenticeship, you cover a lot of the material in pre-apprenticeship. So when you get to Nate for your first year, I think it's got some real value to go for that small, like six week course with Women Building Future really gave me um, an advantage. Right. Yeah. So just in, in terms of uh, that first semester at Nate, was there any, did you have any anxiety about going back to school or did you find that the Women Building Futures program, that's where you worked all that out? Or how were you feeling as you entered the classroom that first time? Uh, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh my God, I get a vacation from work. <laughs> 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 uh, but then uh, it was a lot of work you know some everybody kept telling me how easy easy it was going to be and but I'm not going to lie I had to study quite a bit um, and I'm kind of an overachiever naturally so I studied like crazy and then uh, I was talking with uh, my lab partner and I realized I could be his mom <laughs> That was, that was a really weird moment. 
<laughs> How did you feel about that? Like, I, I think that's something that many of us in midlife experience that kind of anxiety. How did that sit with you? Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny, really. Um, you know, I, it helped me maybe bring some of my maternal instinct out. And I just want to, you know, help him and help him succeed. And How did he feel about that? You know what? He hadn't realized how old I was. Actually, nobody ever does. Um, I think I, I look maybe a little younger than my age. Uh, people tend to think I'm in my late 20s, early 30s. So usually it's kind of a shock reaction when I actually tell them how old I really am. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that secret. Uh. Um, you were on a, quite a long journey. I actually was um, really intrigued to uh, to understand uh, just all the different steps that are involved in becoming an electrician. And you've shared a little bit about that journey uh, earlier, but can you walk us through what is involved um, in becoming an electrician and what does this journey look like? I know it extends over several years. If you could kind of give us more detail about that. Okay, for sure. Um, basically, the first step really is to find an employer to sponsor you. So that is step number one. Um, once you have an employer that is willing to sponsor you, then you can get to work and you will need a minimum of 1500 hours before you can move on and go to school, technical school. So what's really nice with electrical is that basically you get a lot of on hands skills at work. And when you go to your eight weeks of school, it's really more, um, the theory of electrical. So you do that f three times over three years. So 15 hour, 1,500 hours, eight weeks of school. That's period one. You go back to work for another 1,500 hours, school for eight weeks. That's period two. Once more, 1,500 hours, eight weeks, your period three. And finally, uh, for your last and final one, you go back to school uh, after... Again, uh, I believe it's another 1,500 hours, but you're going to school for 10 weeks. And once you go for your fourth time, that's it, you're a journeyman. And you can actually take the test to get your red seal, which will allow you to work in any provinces. But if you do not do your red seal, you must stay in Alberta. That is the only province I would be allowed to work in as an electrician. Right. And when you say sponsor, does that mean that your employer is committed to you for that entire journey? Or what, do, what does that mean exactly? Uh, no, not at all, actually. Okay. Uh, a lot of uh, apprentices will move from companies to companies. Uh, I'm actually very lucky. Uh, my employer actually is looking to keep me on for my old apprenticeship and, you know, and help me develop my skills, management skills, uh, running a crew and... What's really nice when you have one employer dedicated to your apprenticeship is that they know what you know and what you need to learn. Um, unfortunately, in the industry, you know, a lot of people will work and will get laid off when the project is over and then you just have to move on to a different company. It is something that you must keep in mind when you're going into the trades. Um, security and employment isn't really... Um, yeah, it's not really a thing. Uh, with being a gypsy all my life, I didn't really care. I was used to it. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but yeah. That's great. Should we give a shout out to your employer? Because I know that you've said they're a great place to work. Jackal Electric. 
Uh, they've been very supportive of you, and it sounds like they're really continuing to help you in your learning journey. Um, can you tell us a bit more day to day? How are you integrating the training that you're getting with your on the job experience? Well, basically, uh, Kevin and my journeyman, Albert, uh, are really keeping in mind um, what I need to, to learn. So when I came back to school, I really didn't have much experience bending conduit. And, you know, so the last week and a half, that's all I've been doing. And um, I've been working a lot more with prints since I came back to school, since I've actually studied prints during my first year. So I came out and now I'm working, reading prints, following prints. Uh, I'm asked to explain like basically what I'm seeing and how it basically applies to the building we're working in. Um, we're talking a lot, like, you know, the first year I was giving a lot of tasks, simple tasks with tools, just do this. Now, as a second year, I'm asking, I'm being asked a lot of the time to explain what's going on. And um, they want me to really understand what I've studied and really, instead of just, just being labor, because that's really what the first year is most of the time. You're really just kind of a laborer. Mm -hmm. You're really just doing tasks. Now it's a little bit more involved. I have to teach others too. Uh, I've often so I will have uh, other newbies, uh, new people on the cruise, and I'm asked to assist them, show them what I already know, um, explain what's going on, give them tasks. Uh, they're kind of grooming me for management, like for running a crew. So sometimes I will be left alone and, you know, I have to ensure everybody's taking their lunch on time, getting their own time, uh, do the safety meetings in the morning. And so know. it sounds like you're going to get your own department just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, in a very different <laughs> way. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about this before, but I, I want to dive into it a bit more. What's been your experience as a woman in the trades? Have you had any challenges? Are the, are the trades still predominantly male? And, and is that an issue or non-issue? You know what? Um, I think for most company, definitely a lot more male-oriented than women-oriented. Um, Again, for me, that was that was something that attracted me to the trades. So um, I haven't had any real bad experience. Um, like the guys have been great. Um, have, yeah, no issues. I don't have any horror stories. Like, no. Like, usually, you know, if something's really heavy, the guys will be right there and ask to assist. And, you know, they're friendly and they're helpful and... Uh, yeah, sometimes it can get a little wrenchy humor wise. And so, but yeah. I'm kind of a weirdo, so it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious that you, you say you were attracted to that experience uh, because it was maybe a more male dominated industry. Was that just because it was so different than what you had been doing previously in HR or what, what was that about? But see in HR, like I, I worked with truckers. Oh. So, you know, I, I was already used to, you know, a bit of a rougher crowd, if you want. <laughs> okay, so you had a lot of experience already and working did. in other uh, industries that were a little bit more male-dominated and, and maybe felt comfortable. I did, actually. Yeah. I, I never had any issues, as I said, and I'm fairly direct, so if I get uncomfortable, usually I'll, I'll just speak my mind and people will know if I don't like something. So right. there you go. 
Great. Now you started your back to school journey with a lot of life experience. What was it like for you starting down this path as a midlife learner? Um, I was a little scary. Like I really, you know, at that point, I really wanted it to be the right path. <laughs> How many more times can I really change path? Mm. Um, so yeah, I, it took me, yeah, three months of soul searching really like I, I didn't just throw myself into something new right away, even though three months is kind of fast, but um, I get cabin fever. Like I can't stay at home and do nothing for very long. So um, yeah, it was a scary, scary thing until until I finally got to work. And, you know, I was co- like, I had the confirmation that it was right. I enjoy what I do. Uh, I feel good about it. Uh, but until I got on the workforce, yeah, I was really nervous. And, and even some days, you know, I struggle still. I'm still learning. But uh, I'm determined to stick with it. And again, like, you know, when people think about electrical work, they only think about a work site. But there's so many different paths that can be taken. Like I could become... Um, you know, in the long run, I could end up teaching at Nate if I really wanted to. I could go into estimation where you go to clients and estimates and order parts. Uh, I could, I don't know, end up opening my own electrical outfit. Why not? Right. <laughs> it's great that you see so many different opportunities, how you could apply what you're learning and what you're you're able to kind of bring to the role. And I think probably a lot of that might come from this life experience that that you have, that you're bringing to this opportunity. Um, And that's one of the things I find that as we go back to school in midlife, we've got a lot more to balance in our life. So we have more of a personal situation than perhaps we did in in our 20s um, and other responsibilities. So we've got work, we've got school, and we've got life. How are you finding the balance in all of that? You know what? I'm... I find that I actually learned a lot after that mini breakdown (laughs) and I've learned to really um, emphasize my quality of life. I make sure to take time for what matters to me. So I do have activities like I'm actually learning to be a mermaid right now every Sunday. (laughs) Did you say mermaid? Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Tell me about becoming a mermaid. I have to ask about this. Uh, Well, they offer this class where they put one of those mono, uh, it's a monofin and they put the spandex kind of tail (laughs) that you put over and you look like a mermaid and it's basically synchronized swimming in a pool. And you have a mermaid tail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what inspired you to do that? Uh, well, you know, I since I used to scuba dive, I really like the water. It's always been a really relaxing for me. And I was looking for something that was, you know, I work really physically every day. My body's always sore. I still need to work out, though. And I was kind of looking for something that was low impact but fun. Mm. So, yeah, I already go to the gym and I have to lift weight and, you know, work out. But that gets kind of boring. And, yeah, I just needed something, some sparkle in my life. <laughs> really interesting. Um, what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced in going back to school? Um, <laughs> I would say probably um, 
a lot of disapproval in like people in my life. Yeah, uh, that would have been the biggest challenge, you know. Uh, family members. Um, basically, when I decided I was going to become an electrician, uh, that kind of coincided with like the end of my relationship with my partner, and yeah, like he was horrified I was going to be working with all these men. Mm. <laughs> Where do you think that was coming from? You you mentioned your family members' disapproval. Was there something specific around around that that was driving that? Do you think or? Oh yeah, um, as far as they were concerned, I had a really good job. You know, um, I had a career. I was, you know, well paid. Um, I, you know, that that that's what I was supposed to do. Right, you were successful, so you should just be happy, and and that was that. Is that? That's exactly how they thought, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Why are you going to risk it? Why do you want to get dirty?" Like, and yes, I cannot keep my nails clean anymore. I know people, you can't see me, but I'm full of scratches and bruises. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take some pictures. (laughs) But you know what? Um, Yeah. But my mind is calm. My mind is happy. And that's really what matters. Do you think there's something bigger here, like some kind of a societal judgment around the trades versus versus a white collar office job? Is there some kind of ranking that's happening here in society? Is that maybe where some of that was coming from? You know what? Definitely. And it's funny you're mentioning that I was actually sitting at a round table with uh, the Minister of Labor a few weeks back. And we were talking about how to change the stigma attached of going into the trades. And they were asking us as tradeswomen, how can we attract more people to the trades? And, you know, we were like, I think it all goes back to like, yeah, even in high school. You know, when somebody's like had bad grades, what did the counselor tell you? Go into the trades, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which it's crazy because you actually need... Uh, a lot of brains to succeed in the trades. Uh, a lot of people actually fail their technical training within two years and abandon their trade because they can make it through the schooling. Uh, you still need fairly strong maths, fairly strong physics. You need to be able to study. And, right. you know, it, it might not be university, but it's still work. And so what do you think we need to do to change that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think people need to realize that, you know, if, if <laughs> like a statistic would be like, you know, how many women, I, how many people I work with in the train, in the trades that have actually gone to university, uh, that have one of my, one of my coworkers has two degrees, yeah. uh, one in environment and one in psychology, she cannot find a job. So what did she do? She became an electrician. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I think if people realize the high demand and this high demand is just going to go uh, increasingly high because people are starting to retire, they, they need a new workforce. And I think people need to talk to more tradespeople with brains, <laughs> like realize that, you know, uh, we, we are smart people. We come from diverse background. Um, and yeah, we are not just a bunch of redneck. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, but, you know, I think that's kind of the image people have. Like it's, you think that people in trades are just uneducated and 
ended up doing going to the trades because they couldn't do better. And that is so completely wrong. Yeah, I think that's you're you're right about needing to change that conversation. And also that there are so many job opportunities that perhaps um, certain university degrees might not align with job opportunities the way becoming an electrician or becoming a plumber might. So what for you has been the most positive part about going back to school? What's been the best thing? Um, You know what? I think it's the best thing for me was the connections I made at school. I made actually a lot of really long-lasting friendships. I now have a really good group of girlfriends that, you know, we get together every week, every two weeks. And uh, with all the moving I did in my life, I never really had that. So, uh, yeah, that is, for me, like, that is the best experience. I it, It's, yeah, the best take back, but also the fact that, you know, I have a very independent life now. I'm, I'm actually proud of what I do. I'm strong. I'm capable. And yeah, I don't need nobody really. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's um, great. I, I found the same thing as well. Like the connections that I've made in, in my program have been really, really special. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. For those who are thinking about going back to school, maybe taking on something very different than they've ever done before, people like yourself, um, what advice do you have for those folks? Just be brave. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, learning is fun. It's at least, you know, if you're learning something new, it, you're going to be challenged. Your brain will be challenged and you're going to have fun. You know, like life is all about trying new things. So you have to just plunge in. Don't be scared. Like what's the worst that's going to happen really, you know? Um, maybe I'll just change career again. (laughs) (laughs) That's not so bad, right? (laughs) Um, I'm going to wrap up our time here, Jessica, but is there anything else that you want to share about this experience? You know what? Uh, not really. Like, all I have to say is that it was life changing and I have definitely no regrets about, you know, taking the plunge, um, because you know what? I've got this. You do have this. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been so fun talking with you and hearing about your journey. And I also have someone else that I need to thank, and that's Dana Francis. Uh, She's another amazing woman in the trades who also has a great podcast called Career Pod, which you can check out at careerpod.podbean.com or search for it on iTunes or however you access your podcasts. And Dana was kind enough to connect me to Jessica. So I want to just say thanks so much, Dana. I really appreciate that. Get the tools you need to step forward into the world of trades with Norquest's Apprenticeship Prep. This program prepares you for entry into one of 45 designated trades. Build the foundation and get the knowledge you need to write the apprenticeship entrance exam. You'll get upgrading, practical trades training, and facilitated work experience to help you become a skilled tradesperson. Find out more at norquest.ca forward slash trades. Now back to our show. Listening back to my talk with Jessica, I'm just amazed by her courage and confidence. This woman is fierce. She's done so much in her life already, and it doesn't seem to matter if she's learning to become an electrician or a mermaid. She just takes it all in stride. 
I really related to the part of Jessica's story where the world was telling her that she should just be happy. People saw her external circumstances, a good job, management potential, climbing the career ladder, and they couldn't understand why that wasn't enough because she was successful, right? So she should be happy. Why wasn't she happy? And it takes real courage to push back on all the family and societal expectations and say, you know what? This isn't for me. And I'm going to step away from this and find out what is a better fit for me. Each person's definition of success should be personal. So it's especially disheartening that we still rank white collar work as somehow better or more desirable than the trades. Jessica's point about young people who we see as not so bright sending those folks a message to just go get a trade. That's just reinforcing the stereotype because the reverse message is you're too smart to be just a fill in the blank trade. But not everyone is cut out to work in an office. And in fact, there are lots of unhappy people in offices who might have done very well in a skilled trade. And there's also a lot of people who go to university and find that their degree isn't enough or isn't aligned with finding a well-paid job. Making the decision to go back to school in midlife is already tough, but it's even harder when your family doesn't support your decision. I didn't face that challenge, but I'm trying to project how I might have reacted if that were the case. It definitely would have made me second guess myself, and I'd like to hope that I had enough confidence and determination to just do it anyways, because at the end of the day, it's you, not your family or friends. You need to live with your choices. I hope that you will have the courage to choose what you believe is best for you just like Jessica has done. And if you're a woman who wants to get into the trades, check out Women Building Futures. They have amazing programs to help you get started. Find them at womenbuildingfutures.com. That's our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like the show, please give us a rating. It helps other people connect to us. You can reach me at backtoschoolagain.ca or at schoolagainpod on all the usual social channels. I'd love to hear your story. Back to School Again was recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio, located on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional homeland of First Nations and Métis peoples. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Norquest College, for supporting the show and to our talented technical producer, Corey Stroder. Back to School Again is proud to be affiliated with the Alberta Podcast Network. Find out more at albertapodcastnetwork.com See you next time.